Spring has sprung and it's time to get your spring preparedness game kicked up into high gear. Hey, this is episode 778 of the Ready Your Future podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you prepare for a better future. It's all about loving your people, getting prepared, and living free. I'm Todd Sepulveda, a regular guy living in the suburbs who understands the need to be better prepared for the future. Hey, are you looking to up your preparedness knowledge? Don't spend time bouncing around the internet for the best preparedness content. Instead, sign up for the top preparedness articles and get them right in your email. For $5 a month, you can get the top preparedness articles from around the internet sent to your email weekly. You can choose to read them or drop them in the Pocket app and have them read to you as you go about your day. The Buy Me a Coffee link to the top preparedness articles is in the show notes. Hey everyone, and welcome back. It's been a month since I took my sabbatical just to take some time to focus and uh, to rest up a little bit, and so it's good to be back. I want to give a couple of shouts out and do some um, updates here before we jump into the episode. So first, I want to send a big shout out to Gary for the coffee on uh, that you bought me on Buy Me a Coffee. Did that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I just want to say thank you so much for that, Gary. I greatly appreciate that. Whenever I see something like that come over the email and that somebody has bought me a coffee. Uh, the other thing is uh, just to kind of continue on with our little house in the big woods just like a recap, this uh, last chapter that I listened to was called Summer. And uh, this one was about cheese making. It was pretty interesting just the, the way that they go about cheese making. And, you know, we go to the store, we buy our cheese, however you get it. I mean, maybe some of you make your own cheese. I guess the the real thing there that you a lot of people don't don't really consider how you make cheese, especially back in these days, is using the lining of the pig stomach for rennet. And I thought that was really interesting. You know, Paul had a couple of uh, pigs that he was going to, uh, uh, I guess that they could have slaughtered if they needed it, but they were female and he didn't want to go ahead and slaughter them just yet. So uh, I think he, he winds up going to his dad's place or his uncle or cousin or brother or somebody. I can't remember who it is now. Uh, It was a couple of days ago since I listened to it, but they had a male that they slaughtered and everybody shared the rennet. And so he brings it back to Ma and Ma uses that and boils that and uses that to make cheese. So really interesting there to to do that. And, uh, you know, you have all all the necessary things that you have uh, or you need to be able to make cheese. And you wonder like, who was the first person to use rennet that way? You know, use the lining of a pig stomach to be able to make cheese. You wonder how that kind of, uh, you know, came about, but uh, really interesting stuff there. If you, uh, and you know, that's what I love about, you know, we, we look at our uh, prepper fiction that we listen to or that we read. And you, you go back to like the little house in the prairie and little house in the big woods in that series. And they were talking about off grid stuff there. You, you can learn a lot just by reading those books and they're children's books, but uh, really cool stuff there. Um, if you're interested, you can go over to audiopreps.com and look at some other uh, books that I recommend, including including Little House in the Big Woods, and you can go see some other books there that are maybe not prepper related, but that are uh, good books that I've listened to recently. All right, the last thing before we get into the episode, I want to let you know that you can expect two other episodes during the week. And so I plan on, you know, this episode is usually, uh, the main episode is usually released on Sunday evening. But you can really you can uh, expect two other ones. So maybe somewhere around Tuesday, I am going to release another one that'll be prepper related. And what these are going to be 
their video uh, videos that I'm going to extract the audio from and go ahead and use those uh, on the podcast. And so they won't be full episodes, or at least I won't include them in the number. Uh, you know, like this is 778. The next one that I release on Tuesday won't be 779, but it will be a preparedness based episode. So 770, or I'm sorry, uh, the one that's released on Tuesday will be. And then a little bit later on in the week, probably around Thursday, I'm going to release a devotional that will be uh, that will have a prepper application to it. Okay, so it'll be a devotional, just a regular Bible devotional that I will share some some insights on, but then also have that prepper application. So here's the thing: if you are not into that and, and preparedness, uh, faith-based preparedness is not your thing, just don't download that one. I will do something in the title to set it off so you'll know that it is uh, faith-related, but I feel like I need to be doing those things. And so I just want to let you know that that is coming, and so you can expect that uh, in the coming weeks. And I'm going to try to keep that up as much as I can, and I'm hoping that it will be a blessing to everyone out there. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. So this episode is called Seven Activities to help prepare for the season. And this is one that I, uh, it's a solo episode as, as far as I'm not reading an article that I, uh, that I read, that I included anywhere. Uh, this is just something that I have started writing down as I was you know, during my sabbatical, things that I was thinking about uh, for spring, as spring is, is, is uh, hitting us. You know, I wrote to those that are in the top preparedness articles uh, in the email that I sent out, I, I said yesterday, so Saturday, uh, as I'm recording this on Sunday morning, Saturday was the first time I got into my truck uh, this season that was that the truck was you know uh, uncomfortably hot. I'm usually cold natured, and so sometimes I get into the the truck and like I can get it going, and you know I'm down the road, and then I'll turn on the AC. This time it was like I got in my truck and like, oh wait a minute, you know, let me let me uh, roll down the windows and let me go ahead and turn on the AC a little bit, and and kind of got that going before I even put it into drive uh, because it was so warm. And I know some of you are still dealing with a, a lot cooler weather right now. Uh, some of you might even have some snow on the ground still. Uh, but spring is, you know, is is out there and people are thinking about it. People are thinking about, uh, you know, better weather and kind of going from that. But with that, there's activities that we can do here um, that we should be thinking about for the spring. And so I wanted to share a couple of these things uh, with you, at least seven of them. And you might think of more that you are uh, contemplating. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. So the first one here, seven activities to help prepare for the season is gardening. And I think gardening is a really, it's a really popular thing right now, especially when you start looking at uh, the prices of vegetables uh, oh my God, and fruits right now. Uh, I go to the grocery store and it's like, man, are you kidding me? And so a lot of the times we can, but like right now, like strawberries, you know, strawberries are, are, are starting to come into season and you can find a lot more on, uh, on, on the shelves uh, when you go into the, you know, the fruit and vegetable section, but the price is still crazy. I mean, compared to what has been in the past. And the other day, my wife bought some strawberries and we, uh, we started eating them and they were, they just tasted like junk. And I think, you know, we understand that. I mean, the, the quality of fruits and vegetables throughout the years have diminished. 
Um, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, you still had some that could, you could get yeah, out of the whole bunch that were a little sweet, but it was like this, the, the whole thing just it was terrible. I was like, oh my gosh. I, and then it's like, do I want to spend the money? I know everything is costing more right now, but do you want to spend the money if you're not going to be sure that the fruit is going to taste good? And so people are deciding to do their own fruits and vegetables for a whole lot of reason. My neighbor last week brought in a whole bunch of soil and left, you know, they, they delivered it onto their driveway. And, you know, when I stopped to ask them, like, hey, what are y'all doing with that? I thought maybe they were backfilling, you know, some holes or, you know, whatever they were doing. And they're like, no, we're putting in a, a raised bed. And so they're gardening, you know. And so I think a lot of people are thinking about this uh, more and more as prices for fruits and vegetables go up. So a couple of things when we're gardening, things to think about, especially if you are brand new to the gardening, uh, you know, hobby or the gardening situation is uh, it's a learning activity. There is a learning curve. Uh, we always we always make fun of those big pouch, you know, survival seed pouches, right? Or survival seed cans that you could buy. I haven't seen a lot of those recently, uh, but you, th- those were really really popular back in the day. And people would get them and store them, you know, like hey, these are in mylar bags, and you know they're gonna last twenty five years. And people would put them in their closets, like okay, so when the zombies come, we're just gonna go ahead and open that seed packet up, and we're gonna go ahead and have you know food. Like no, th- and that's not gonna happen, right? There, there is a learning. Curve curve to, to gardening. And so you need to understand that. So maybe if you are starting to garden, if you are starting to get into that, um, you start a smaller, maybe if you're like, I'm going to put in five raised beds, you know, maybe you start with one raised bed and really think about where you're going to put it because of the sun and being able to water it and all that kind of stuff. Start out with one and see how you, you know, what you, where you go from there. The other thing that I would would uh, just highly suggest is start a journal for what works well. Like, hey, I started my seed at this time, or I planted at this time. You know, I'm watering my tomatoes, or I'm watering whatever whatever I'm doing. You know, this this amount of time, um, and and go ahead and take a little bit of a of a journal. You know, write some things down because you don't remember from season to season what worked well and what didn't work well. And again, it's a learning curve. So, you know, having a journal that you can go back and say, okay, man, you know, those tomatoes that I put in this section of the, of the, of the garden really worked well. And then you can go ahead and jot that kind of stuff down. So you remember it for next season. The thing is, if you start struggling for time, And that was always my thing, as busy as I am, going out there and watering. Sometimes I was watering like at nine o'clock at night, you know, the lights would, I would have the lights on in the backyard and like I'm watering and, and doing things like that. One of the things you can do is put in a soaker hose and then put it on a timer. And that way you don't have to worry about you know, always being out there and, and watering or, you know, if, if you're running out of time, you can go out there and maybe what you do when you, when you do go out there, you're inspecting, making sure insects aren't getting to things. You can, um, you know, pull some weeds if you have to pull some weeds, but, uh, that might be something that would relieve a lot of time for you is putting in a soaker hose and putting in a timer. And again, the thing is start small. And even if you can't, garden right now with a raised bed maybe uh you know again maybe you don't have time 
Uh, maybe you do have a backyard, but you don't have time. Maybe you live in an apartment or a townhome or something along those lines. You know, start off with just one. Do a container, a container garden uh, with maybe one or two different plants, and you can easily go to one of the you know big box stores, Home Depot, Lowe's. They sell you know, tomato plants that are already really kind of going. Sometimes you even see little tomatoes on there. And so go ahead and, and grab those just so that you can get some experience and and realize that there's such a big difference in the taste and, and things like that. So I would greatly encourage you to take a little bit of time to garden and, and do some, even if it's just an herb garden where you're growing some, some of those types of things, or you are putting things in the ground that you have used like onions. We have done that before where we have used green onions and then the last little bit of it, we'll put it in the dirt. And sometimes you, you like, especially if you have like a soaker hose going on, you put it in the dirt, kind of leave it there. It's like, man, it starts to grow. And we use onions a lot so that you can have your own little patch of onions and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take up a lot of room, but it's like, you're just using what you, what you have from, uh, that, you know, the extras from the, from the, from the, your, your kitchen, right? I can talk here. And I'm, I'm actually remembering that I put in a article in the top preparedness, uh, articles, about reusing kitchen scraps, right? And so um, there's a bunch of different kitchen scraps that you can reuse in the garden, you know, replant them. You start them off with a little bit of water, you know, on your kitchen seal, window seal, and, uh, you know, put them out, out there in the garden. I think that would work really well. And so you get a little bit of uh, a taste of gardening just by doing that. So gardening is, is number one. The, the next thing that I want to suggest, another activity to prepare for are blackouts. And I, I've really focused a lot on this because we've experienced it here uh, in, in Texas and in the Houston area. And even before, like we had our big winter storm, we would have rolling blackouts where uh, the lights would go out and things would, you know, you just kind of had to deal with it for maybe an hour or two hours. And the thing is, is that it's only getting worse. And we're not the only state that is experiencing this. Other people are experiencing this. And the fact is, is that our infrastructure is really, really old. They're not doing a whole lot to the upkeep on that. Then you have all that, and it's kind of died down at least, or at least I haven't heard of it recently, is people attacking substations. And maybe they'll start that up. I mean, it was like in the middle, you know, middle of winter, people are attacking you know, electrical substations and people are losing power in the middle of winter. Maybe they're going to wait for the middle of summer when it's really hot and people start attacking substations again. So, you know, people have that, uh, that, that, that effect, you know, it's like a, a pain and people, people hate that. So the thing is, is that, you know, our infrastructure is old. It, it's not protected really well. And when the power goes out, there could be a lot of things that could uh, wind up you, know, you losing. And, and yeah, you could lose your stuff in your refrigerator and the stuff in your freezer. Um, you could lose. I mean, people have lost their lives because of the heat. And so you want to make sure that uh, you have a way to mitigate the issues that you're going to have from a blackout. So extreme heat will have many using their ACs during the summertime. That's what I'm saying right now, as it's the springtime, go ahead and start preparing so that you're ready for summertime. But uh, extreme heat will have many using their ACs and that can strain the grid along with the terrorism, along with, uh, you know, the, the grid being taxed along with, uh, uh, 
you know, people attacking the grid and all those different kinds of things. So you want to have multiple power options. I know a lot of people, especially after the winter storms that we've had down here, people have talked about whole house generators, um, like a Generac. And those are great. I mean, if you are, if you have money coming out of your ears, go ahead and go for it. But for the, for, for what I understand of how much they cost. And then when you're running it, you know, like I, I know people who had neighbors who had one of these during the winter storm when the it was you know the the power was out for the whole week and they had a huge bill because I mean they were running their whole house on gas they had a whole bill a whole crazy bill and our gas down here is not as much as you guys up north have it but you know that's one of those things to consider the other thing is is like uh, instead of having a whole house generator, maybe you have just a regular generator that can power a lot of the things in your home. Some people, you know, tie that into their home electrical uh, grid, you know, and some people just like, hey, I'm just going to run this, you know, from the backyard and string, you know, uh, electrical cords, power cords through the house and power the things that I really need. The thing is, is that if you have a generator, you can buy a big enough generator to power like your, your freezer and your refrigerator to power up the things, you know, your phones and, and things that you would, your tablets, your computers, and then also maybe even run an AC unit if you have, you know, if it's really extremely hot because in, you know, here in Houston, we get the triple digits in the summertime and it can get really, really hot and the feels like temperature is even worse than, than, than that. And so maybe a generator with uh, having a little window AC unit where you can kind of like close off the rest of the house and you just stay in one home or one one room to kind of keep it keep it cool and that's especially if you have someone who is older who needs that you know uh, to be able to stay cool if you don't go with the generator maybe a generator is you know outside of uh, your means right now maybe you go with an inverter you can buy a decent inverter the one that i that i have that i've used and i have it in pictures is from harbor freight and the sucker still works it's like you know it's it's gosh, how old is it now? It's like six or seven years old and it still works. And I know a lot of the times people, you know, crap all over Harbor Freight. as like, you know, their stuff is, is really cheap and, and some of it is, but this inverter has worked. And so you want to get a big enough inverter that can, you know, connect it to your vehicle. Your vehicle can hold a lot of, uh, you know, gallons of gasoline. And, and then you run that inverter and you're able to power your freezer and you're able to power your refrigerator and maybe even charge up, uh, you know, your phone and stuff like that uh, in, in a situation like that you don't want to lose hundreds and hundreds of dollars of of you know frozen food or stuff in your refrigerator it can be very very expensive so if you can run an inverter to be able to keep that. And you don't have to keep it going for uh, a long time. You can keep it going for like an, an hour, two hours, and it can keep things really, really cold. The thing about a freezer or refrigerator, you need to have enough power in the inverter it needs to have like a maximum surge capacity to be able to kick off the compressor and then it just comes back down now the new freezers we have a new freezer that runs on the jackery um you know the little power station that that i have and i've talked about jackery and i've talked about uh you know other others as well and i've actually become an affiliate for some of the other ones uh as well because I think they're so valuable, right? You can charge them with with solar and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, I know that I've run my freezer off of off of the Jackery, and it, I ran it for hours, and it didn't, you know, it just needed to be able to kick the compressor on, and then it would just it didn't eat up a lot of the battery. 
And so, you know, have one of those small units if that's something that you can do to be able to power the things that you need. And then lastly, if you're if you're needing, you know, other little power and, and means the power those portable i mean i've been preaching that for such a long time is the little portable power banks that you can you know put in your backpack that you can i have like a ton of them that i've 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 received them from people now people are like giving them away and decent sizes you know i got one last year at the very beginning of the school year and it was a twenty thousand milliamp one that they were just like hey back to school type thing and i'm like all right cool you know and i use that in my backpack i keep that charged up and i use that to charge my phone and if i need to and i'll always have plenty of battery but you can power all different kinds of things you can power a little fan you can power lights you can charge up you know your flashlights if you have a usb flashlight that needs to be charged from there um, you can do a bunch of different things with those little usb uh, portable battery banks and then of course candles you know all that kind of stuff um, those are those are important the thing is is like you want to have light you want to have, you know, that you want to have power to be able to, to save your freezers and your refrigerators. Uh, you want to be able to, to charge up your phone so that you can still get information, uh, you know, and talk to people and, and, and do all that kind of stuff. And you want to have a way to stay cool if you if you need to do that. And so you can do that really, really easily. But if you don't have those things now, you want to go ahead and start preparing for the third thing is vehicle preparedness. So as we're moving into spring, think about your vehicle. And so I'm really thinking about those of you who live up north where they throw a lot of salt down on, uh, you know, on, on the, the roads to be able to, you know, deal with uh, the ice and stuff like that. You want to go ahead and take care of that salt under your vehicle, because if you just leave it there, it's going to cause a lot of rust. Or let's just say that you you're from, from the South, but you took a trip up North and you, you know, you rode on, um, or you drove uh, again, I can talk, you drove on roads that were really salted and you're just not really thinking about it. You want to come back and now you want to make sure that you rinse all that stuff off so that you're not dealing with, uh, you know, that salt that's just left in there and just starts to rust and corrode and, 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 uh, your vehicle. So, you know, you want to deal with that. But then besides that, looking at your tires, when was the last time you looked at your spare tire? If your vehicle nowadays, there's so many vehicles that like don't even have spare tires. I'm like, what the heck is that? But look at your, your tires and see if you, uh, if they're, if you know if they're full if they haven't deflated right you want to make sure that you have that make sure that you have you know i bought my truck i bought it used and i never had to really check it out until i finally you know, I'm like, you know what? I want to want to make sure that I was doing this type of thing, right? It was like, I'm, I'm going to go make sure I have all my, the, all the necessities. And I didn't have a jack for, for whatever reason, I did not have a jack. I had all the other things. So I'm like, man, if I have a flat tire, I'm not going to be able to, to jack up my truck to be able to change it. If I'm somewhere where I just, you know, can't drive to a service station or whatever. And of course I have fix a flat and all that kind of stuff in my, in my vehicle, which I have used before. I've talked about that and even did an article on that. But, you know, I didn't have the jack. So I went and, and, and I purchased one, the one that I should have had for my vehicle. And it, I have it now. So make sure that your tires are good. You know, check your fluids. Make sure that, you know, your, your oil is, in, is, is good. Make sure all the other fluids are, are good. It's always, it's always good to be able to do that. And then preventative maintenance right now. I think doing a little bit of preventative maintenance will uh, really serve you well, especially with 
the way the, the the cost of everything going up and i know of people and i've mentioned this before on the podcast that have you know gone to the the car repair shop and their car's been in there for a couple of weeks maybe even longer because they couldn't get the parts in so they're you know either carpooling or they're using uber or whatever they're doing because they keep, they don't have a vehicle that is is working because they're waiting for parts so if you can do a little bit of preventive maintenance now instead of waiting for your vehicle to break down uh, that's going to save you money and it's also going to save you a lot of heartache if it breaks down and you're not able to get parts so let's take care of the things that we have with, you know, in our vehicles and vehicle preparedness. I think that's a, a really big deal and uh, make sure that you, your vehicle is in good shape. All right. The fourth thing to consider when we're getting ready for spring is this is, this is the fun stuff, right? This is, you know, maybe uh, upping your bushcraft and your outdoor skills. Camping is would be the first thing on my list. And when we think about camping down here, I know some of you up north y'all camp whenever you know you have all different whatever y'all just go camping you know you're good down here it's like you know we camp like in the winter time and at least if you're not crazy winter time and then in the spring right you know the the fall we don't go in the summer and that when i was a boy scout we went we went in the summertime and it was crazy hot but i was a kid i could deal with it back then there's just like going camping in the middle of summer july and august down here in texas it's just like only the the most avid campers do that but in the spring that's the perfect time to camp it's still cool it's still nice you can wake up and you're not drenching in sweat and all that good stuff so camping would be a great activity right now uh, maybe even camping in the backyard with the kids having something like that going down and then just be able to do some outdoor skills like build a fire like teaching your kids how to build a fire and and do that um i was i finally caught up on mick Rowland's. uh podcast here recently i took a couple of trips in this uh this month and i was in the the, the truck for a while and i was able to catch up and there's a kid in there whose dad was a, a prepper maybe we'll probably talk about this in a in a future episode roundtable. there's a kid in there whose dad was a prepper but the mom wasn't really on board with it and he didn't he had all the equipment in his bag that built bug out bags for everyone but he didn't know how to build a fire they didn't know what to do with it so teaching your kids how to build a fire, you know, and, and having that skill, I think that would, it's a, it's a great skill to have. Maybe it's time to go fishing and you take your kids fishing or you go fishing and you, you're able to, to do a little bit of that. Maybe you do, um, you, you put your lines in the water like you normally would normally fish. And maybe you try some primitive fishing as well and, and trying some of that to see if like, okay, if I had, uh, you know, just basic fishing line and I had, a you know, a 12 ounce aluminum can could i could i get some fish you know could i could i get something here uh, maybe hiking hiking is a thing for you know pe that people like to do maybe you you put on your a backpack and see how much weight you can carry and see how far you can go and just getting out there in nature but you know maybe breaking in some some new hiking boots and and taking time to be able to do that and just going out and enjoying nature that would be something that you could do to up your bushcraft and outdoor skills during the spring and then the last one here, and I think this is a, 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 a it's a fun one, but it's it's a good one to to think about, is outdoor 
cooking, you know, cooking outdoors, whether that is taking a little bit of time to use the burner on the barbecue pit or, or barbecuing, doing more barbecuing, um, you know, doing that, um, you know, if you have a fire pit cooking over the fire pit, if you have a camping stove, you know, using that just, you know, in the backyard to get some, you know, using that and, and getting that going to maybe you've, maybe you've done the prepper thing where you've purchased a camping stove or you've done something like that and you've never used it and go ahead and break it out and see what it's like to, to, to cook. When we get into the, the, the real heat of summer, a lot of the times you don't want to cook in, uh, you know, use your oven. You don't want to use your stove because that adds to the heat of the home. So let's just say you, we do have a blackout. You don't want to be cooking inside the home because it's going to add to, to the heat there. So you would cook outdoors. And so that, you know, you have all this stuff kind of going on and you have a little bit of experience with it already. So now's the time to be able to do that. So starting to, to cook outdoors as a, the weather is still a little bit cool out there and you can test out new gear and, and things like that. So maybe cooking is one of those outdoor skills that you can uh, put into effect. So number five is going to be to freshen up your organization. Uh, you know, we hear the term spring cleaning and a lot of people do that. I mean, that's like, you know, stuck into our brain and you might do be doing a lot of spring cleaning. I mean, we're, we're doing some of that in our home right now. But along with that spring cleaning could be like freshening up your organization. So going to your food pantry and making sure that your food pantry stays organized. You know, you might be very organized. You might have kids or a spouse who just gets in there and messes things up. And so like you're going in there like, okay, I'm going to organize everything to make sure I know where everything is and, and everything is in, in its proper place. So, you know, maybe you reorganize your food pantry. Maybe you look at your, your, your first aid kits and your first aid. I just did a video on that and you'll hear a little bit more about that maybe in this, this next week, but uh, your first aid kits, and maybe you go see what's actually there. A lot of the times we have first aid kits or maybe even first aid closets. I remember my friend Linda Loosley from Food Storage Moms who talks about she has a first aid closet, right? Not just a kit, a closet. And so maybe you have a first aid closet where you have a bunch of supplies in there. But the thing with first aid kits and first aid closets or medicine cabinets, whatever you might have is people go in there and use it and they don't, they don't tell. It's like, Hey, I, I use this bandage or I use this medicine or I use whatever. And so a lot of the times you go and you think you have stuff and you wind up not having it. So going in there and organizing it, maybe doing a little bit of an inventory would be smart to do. Look at your first aid uh, and, and see where you're at. Another thing is a gear inventory. We really don't want to be the type of people that buy stuff and throw it into a closet. I know a lot of people do that. I know that I've done that before. I, I know that that's something that's like, hey, you see something like that, that would be really great to have. And you, and you do that, but then you go look for it. And you don't know where it's at. So doing a little bit of an inventory on your gear, maybe even pulling out your, your, your bug out bag or your get home bag and looking at what you have there um, would be smart to do. So doing a little bit of a gear inventory and seeing what you have, maybe even taking some time to jot things down. It's like, hey, in the category of fire, I have this. In the category of water purification, you know, I have this, you know, and uh, in the 
communications. I have this. And so you're able to do a little bit of, uh, of that so that you know what you have. And then it's a lot easier to, to go off of that list than to go to a closet or go to a bag or, you know, go looking all over the house, wherever you stash things to uh, try to find things. All right. So uh, maybe you do, you freshen up your organization by doing a gear inventory. And then lastly, your emergency binder. I think if you haven't done an emergency binder, I think everyone needs to do that. Um, there are free templates I know that I have done. Uh, you can come over to the website, Ready Your Future, do a search for uh, emergency binder. And I know that I have linked to many different templates that are out there that you can print out uh, to to have your emergency binder and create your emergency binder. I know that I've done videos on YouTube about emergency binders. And so you can, you know, you, you have a lot of knowledge out there, but the thing is, is like knowing, knowing what to do and then actually doing it is the hard thing. And so creating an emergency binder, if you, if you haven't done that is really big. And then if you have done that, maybe you go do an audit. It's like, okay, are there some old account numbers in here? Are there old passwords? Are, you know, do I need to update any of the medical information? Do I need to switch anything out, uh, you know, bank accounts or anything like that? And so you're able to go ahead and, and take care of that so that you have uh, a strong emergency binder that has everything you need. And so you're not kicking yourself later on down the road for not updating it. So that's something that you can do right now as we're getting ready for spring is to update your emergency binder. And as you freshen up all your organization. Number six, or another activity that you can do as uh, we're moving into spring is revisit your emergency plan. And so that's a lot of, you know, a lot goes into that. But, you know, if you have a bug out plan, maybe you need to revisit it. Maybe things have changed. Maybe, you know, the person that you were going to go, you know, stay at their home out in the country, maybe they're not there anymore. Um, you know, maybe you need to touch base with them if, you, if it's somebody that you haven't talked to in a while. Um, maybe you need to just look at the whole situation. Have things, have people moved? Have your kids moved out of the house? Do, are they very familiar with what, you know, needs to happen? Revisit your bug out plan. Uh, maybe you need to revisit your bug in plan and maybe things have changed there uh, look at your police numbers do you have the police numbers updated police numbers close by do you have updated hospital numbers and in, in your doctor and and all those different kinds of things are those updated so that you can easily you know call those people if you if you need to and then what about an emergency family meetup you know, letting your family know, like, hey, if there is an emergency, let's just say uh, there's a fire in the home and everybody gets out their window or people go out the back door, people go out the garage, people go out the front door, whatever. It's like, hey, we're going to meet. Uh, everybody is going to get out and meet over here, you know, in the next door neighbor's house or we're going to meet at the corner, you know, uh, and, and we want to make sure everybody is there. And that's how we know everybody is safe. If you don't show up there, we know that you're not safe and then we're going back after you or, or whatever that might be. So that might be for like a fire. But what if there was another uh, emergency? What if there was like a tornado in your in your city or there was a, uh, you know, a I don't know, like a big, a big storm, a flood, just, you know, just a crazy flood that just happened uh, out of nowhere. Um, what kind, or maybe there was a terrorism, whatever, you know, a terrorism attack in the city. 
you know, what kind of emergency family meetup do you have a communication plan? You know, it's like, Hey, we're going to meet up here. You know, and maybe it's, it's home. Maybe it's at uh, a family member's house outside of the city. Uh, maybe, you know, it's, you know, going out to the country, whatever it might be is like, have that emergency family meetup in that communication plan that everybody knows. If you have kids in school, like what are they supposed to do? How is that going to work? Um, you know, maybe a lot of the times, we can let if there is you work from home. I'm, I'm sorry, you work in, you know in the city, and then you have kids that go to school, and maybe they go to an after day after uh, aftercare program or something like that after school care program. Um, sometimes you can let they will let you let a neighbor pick them up, right? So it's like, hey, I will allow my neighbor to pick these people up if there's an emergency, and you can you know do do an official letter get it notarized, put it in their file. And a lot of the times, because it's computerized, they will put it on there, you know, can pick up in case of an emergency. And so what you, um, you know, you can, you can do that as well. So have an emergency family meetup plan so that, you know, if something happens, especially with how crazy our world is right now, that people, you know, that, that you're not trying to figure out, you know, what, what's going on. You're not trying to call people when the phone lines are down and busy and, you know, you feel a little bit more confident that people are going to be safe. Right. And then the last thing here as we, as we move into spring is to do a home check. And what I mean by this is walk around your home to see if there are any issues that you need to take care of. I want to give you a, an example here. My brother had a bathroom remodeled and it looked, they did a really great job, really, really beautiful, you know, remodel and all that kind of stuff. But one of the guys, for whatever reason, put a screw into the, the hardy plank that drilled into a pipe. And so it created a little leak, but it was a small leak that dripped. And over time it dripped and it was, um, the pipe was on an outside wall and so one day my brother's outside cutting the grass and it's probably like, you know, a week after the job was done and there was no issues inside the house, but outside the house, you know, when he's cutting the grass, he had a big patch that was wet. He's like, okay, it hasn't rained. Well, I, I've got a leak somewhere. And so, you know, doing a little bit of investigation is like, Hey, this is where the remodel was. And they finally figured out that this guy had put a hole. I mean, and it was a big, big fight. But if he wasn't out there doing, you know, looking at the home and cutting the grass and doing that kind of stuff, he would have never seen or it would have gone for a lot longer time and maybe more damage would have been done. So, you know, you want to you want to go ahead and do that. So maybe you especially coming out of winter time is, you know, walking around the house. Is there any wood that needs to be replaced? Are there any, you know, uh, vents that need to, you know, we have uh on the side of our house and there's, we have a big tree and we had little animals that like to try to get into our attic. And so I've had to replace those little soffits, right? The, the, the things of the vents that allow uh, air to kind of circulate in the attic. At least we have those down here in the South. I don't know if everybody has them everywhere, but I've had to replace those with, with uh, more sturdy grates because these guys, um, you know, they're able to just pull off that, that stuff that's there. And so, you know, going around and I've, I've noticed, you know, now that I check my home every once in a while, I notice when they've done that. Now I've replaced 
pretty much all of them. So <laughs> they're never going to get in now. But walking around, I could see like, hey, it looks like they're trying to work on this one here. So I'm going to go ahead and replace that one. Are there, you know, walk your fence. Are there any holes in your fence that need to be replaced? Do you have dogs or is somebody, you know, uh, somebody else's dog getting into your, uh, can, can they get into your backyard and maybe mess up your garden or, or whatever that might be? You know, is, is there is there anything that looks out of place as you walk around your home and you're just kind of inspecting it, I mean, maybe you see a you know a bunch of beehives or wasp nest or, or whatever it might be, and so you're able to deal with it before it gets out of hand. A lot of the times we don't do that. We don't walk around our homes on a regular basis, especially like if you have a side that there's nothing over there. Really, it's just kind of like you know somebody cuts the grass for you and it's there, and you really don't you don't pay attention to it. So go see if anything looks out of place. Um, you know, remove items that might become, that might allow someone to use against you, like a ladder. We, we talk about this when we talk about security. It's like, you know, somebody that uses a ladder to get up to the second story, uh, you know, part of your home and gets to a second story window. A lot of the times you might think, hey, this is on the second story. I'm not locking my window or a kid might not lock their window. But if they're able to get to that second story, well, they have easy access into your home. So removing some of those things that give people uh, easy access or things that people can use against you, you know, look for any other security concerns that might be, you know, around your home. Uh, And then lastly, you know, check your smoke uh, alarms, your CO2 alarms. Uh, if you have, if you have gas, uh, that's one of those things that I think everybody should do. Now, a lot of the times they'll tell you to do that during daylight savings time. And we just recently went through that here. And so maybe that's the thing that you do is like, Hey, you know, uh, you've already done it, but if you haven't, if you don't have a regular cadence on that, then go ahead and take this time to check your smoke alarms and check your CO2 alarms and make sure those batteries, you know, change those batteries out. It's worth it to spend $5 for a, you know, a nine volt battery to make sure that, you know, your fire alarm is, is working well. I've read many articles throughout the years where people died because this smoke alarm battery wasn't replaced. And that's just like, that's not something that you ever want to, to hear and, and deal with. So go ahead and, and, and do that. But do a, do a home check. So just a, a quick little recap here as we're uh, ending this one is like, you know, as we move into spring, seven activities that you could you should consider to prepare for the season is maybe you want to garden. You know, take care of your some gardening needs. Start small. Uh, prepare for a blackout. You know, or, or for blackouts, you know. Um, the, uh, our grid is... Uh, man, it's just, it's getting old and there's so many ways that you can attack it. I think it's just smart to be able to do that and mitigate, mitigate your, uh, you know, uh, a situation where people are just miserable, you know, being around the house with it, with this blackout, uh, and with the lights not being on, um, check your vehicle, you know, do some vehicle preparedness, do some preventative maintenance, make sure things are good there. Uh, take a little bit of time before it gets super, super hot to up your bushcraft and outdoor skills, you know, camping, building a fire, fishing, hiking, uh, even cooking outdoors. Take some time to do some inventory, freshen up your organization, your food pantry, first aid, gear, uh, emergency binder. That's a big one right there that pays off big dividends later on down the road if you ever need it. And then revisit your emergency plan. You know, make sure that you have good numbers, make sure that you're, you're, 
family knows where to meet up if they need to for the different kinds of situations and do that family uh, home check you know go around go around your home the outside of the home maybe you go inside your home as well maybe there are rooms that you have like guest rooms and things like that that you don't go go in on a regular basis just do a, a little check you know um, I just I think that's important you never know when a pipe is gonna bust you never know when you know uh, and you know animals are going to get in there pests are going to be in there and so that you you know if you're doing if you're a little bit more proactive you can uh, remedy that stuff pretty quickly so uh, seven things seven activities that we can do as we're getting into spring well everyone that is it for episode 778 i hope it was a blessing for you if you found this episode valuable i would appreciate a review wherever you listen to podcasts and if you haven't subscribed make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list. When you do, I'm going to send you my blackout checklist, which we just talked about blackouts here. I'm going to give you a blackout checklist to know what you should do before, during, and after the lights go out. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.